0: RadioInfluence.com Alright everyone, uh, so for the As You're Podcast we have John Ordolani with us today he is a professional mixed martial artist a Brazilian Jiu Jitsu black belt professional lacrosse player and just, right? Professional lacrosse? Yeah,
1: former. Former, former yeah, professional I thought you were coming years. out,
0: I thought they asked you to play for some teams No, I'm playing for like a club teams club teams yeah just for fun okay cool just overall badass man so american athlete right uh
1: honorable mention all american (laughs) when i first looked at him
0: i'm like oh man this this dude's puerto rican and then i heard him say the word like yeah that's why i'm talking about i was like are you either (laughs) i don't know if you're either from new england or you're canadian Canadian, and where are you from
1: i'm from just north of boston yes yeah my uh my accent has gone through some changes um I grew up with a heavy Boston accent, and then... Wicked smat. Yeah, wicked smat. It comes out sometimes. I have a few cocktails. It comes out. But uh, I went to college with a lot of people that didn't have that accent, and it just started fading away a little bit. And then when I started playing lacrosse, I met a lot of Canadians. And so kind of... People ask me when I say house or about, they're like, are you from Canada? That was like the only two words that I say that have a Canadian accent. Like, I, don't, I don't even notice it anymore.
0: That's <laughs> funny because... Um, so I don't know about you, but when I was in basic training, I was just around around a bunch of Southerners. And I enunciate my words to a certain extent. I still slur a little. I don't know if it's from getting hit or football or it's just who I am. But I catch myself being lazy with my words. I was like, oh, you know, number seven. Like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, I don't (laughs) sound like this. It's it's just like weird. You could just. It's not like Mackenzie Dern where, you know, she just (laughs) all of a sudden has this Portuguese accent. "Uh, You know, like uh, I just train all day (laughs) and shit like that. I catch myself talking to
1: Rodrigo sometimes. Stop,
0: stop. Oh, you do it. <laughs> like by accident. No, like, yeah. What would you say? I don't know. Like I
1: think I find myself uh like trying to use his broken accent, maybe that he would understand me better. Subconsciously, oh. that's what goes through my head, you know what I mean? Dude, like, dude. this is how he would say it. <laughs> yeah. So if I say it like that, he's gonna understand me.
0: Yeah, when I speak to those people in Spanish or something like that, instead of saying like Burger King Ah, <laughs> ah <laughs> I a Burger King, like uh get a Pepsi a Spray? <laughs> instead of like do you want a spray? <laughs> it just it just happens <laughs> like that. That's so, yeah, funny. So when did
2: you start? Like you've, you're. When did I start? What? Exactly. <laughs> Dude, he's, so so uh, he's a man of many trades. Right. right now, so, so I mean, at age nine, seven, eight, it was wrestling or football. I like how you just went out of order
0: with numbers. Yeah. And shit like that. <laughs> what the Fuck
2: was that? No. When I was a,
0: when I was a kid, I was a, I was a big fan of Ninja Turtles
1: and uh, and the Karate Kid movies, the originals. And so my mom put me into kung fu when I was seven. Wow. Um, I did kung fu and I started playing little league baseball when I was seven. And it was like t- twice a week, 45 minutes a day, just kind of learning how to move my body and tell my, tell my friends I was doing karate, but it really taught, it taught Damn, me, just... <laughs> it taught like at, at recess and stuff, we're playing power rangers at recess elementary school. And I'm like trying to sidekick everybody, you know, it's weird. <laughs> off
2: the uh, top of the It's just trying to playground. jump off whatever yeah, I can. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But I did that for a while and it really taught me a lot of just kind of fundamental basics of how to control myself. That was the first, first place I learned how to do double leg takedown. You know, I didn't wrestle till later late in high school like junior year in high school but learned how to throw my basic kicks learned my my discipline listening to someone tell me what to do all the time making sure that i'm staying in line and doing doing the things i have to do without without being a little shit you know but from from kung fu i think i started baseball and kung fu at seven and then when i was 10 or 11 i started playing pop corner football and that's our really kind of position when i first started they had me start linebacker um uh, but i ended up becoming like a a running back, slot receiver, and a free safety. Okay. I was fast. I was always undersized. I played with younger kids because I was undersized. I was so much smaller than everybody. But I was fast, and I had a good mind for it. I picked up the game real quick. So free safety kind of became my my go-to to play center field and line people up and just start throwing my body
2: around. <laughs> That's So like that, that was the same with me. I was outside safety, and uh, it, it was— See, I could see John as a safety. <laughs> You were a safety.
0: I, w- I, w- I was a safety. You look like a fucking nose tackle. Just
2: <laughs> <laughs> so,
0: so you just got to remember. See, Jason says very few words, but when he, he either nods or laughs, but when it's it's good, it's like those zingers. He even said fullback.
2: Pullback. You got that Jerome yeah. Bettis body right yeah, yeah. now. The last Super Bowl so, we <laughs> But you got to remember like I'm what 5'6". First of all, even John I'm going to call it 5'6". Like, I remember
0: John uh a little hammer. we were watching the Connor and uh and uh Cerrone fight. He's like, Yeah, Connor's my head. I'm like, No fucking way. He said five nine and I asked I asked, I asked uh Steph, I was like, How tall is John? He's like, He's not five nine. No, I was I'm 5'8". Like, eighty. <laughs>
1: I'm five seven and three quarters. So
0: that was, you, you were always under. I'm seven with confidence. Yes. Remember that. Yeah. So right. you're undersized. You said.
2: Yeah, yeah. So but like as I got older, I I just never grew taller. I just got wider, right? In high school and wrestling, it was just constant wide shoulders and then as i went into the military it was like the waist like instead of went from a v went to like a block and <laughs> from a, that, v a, <laughs> yeah, a v to a c a v to a c yeah go. you know and um i was good at cherry picking and i could hit yeah you know and and, and that that was like everyone knew it. as soon as i saw him jump you're getting hit and it was awesome I was D line. I
0: was like, Get your big ass down there. It was like two
2: forty, five foot eleven. I was like, all right, let's go.
0: Let's do this. But um what made your um did you always cause in high school I always I play lacrosse but I wasn't very I was just the defensive player that did it to stand You know people do other sports to stay in shape. What made you transition into to con- did you just concentrate on lacrosse more after or uh every you just felt every into sport it? that
1: I've done I started doing to stay in shape for a previous sport? Right, That's, so, yeah, I, so I started playing football. I want, my friends played. I wanted to play football, so I, I fell in love with football. Um, but then when I got to high school, I had to kind of make some decisions because
0: it's no long, Yeah, you can't
1: sports take up all your time, right? Yeah, so i overlap in high exactly, school, Exactly, right? exactly. So I was playing town baseball. I stopped doing my kung fu in like maybe I was eleven or twelve because I had too much into football. You know, football practices every night. I would have to leave practice early to go to kung fu training. So I stopped doing martial arts. I just kind of lost interest a little bit and started doing football full time. When I get to high school, as a freshman, I still played for Pop Warner because I was undersized. So I was playing Pop Warner football. How much you weigh in high school? As a freshman, I think I was maybe 115 pounds. I was small really? man. When I got my license at 16, I was five three five four.
0: And so listeners know you're about one sixty five, one seventy. About right one seventy five. Right one seventy five. Yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah. What's your fight class?
1: 155. So I started playing football into high school. My sophomore year, I got, got on the high school team, but still playing town baseball. And then I joined the lacrosse team my sophomore year in high school as well. Now, lacrosse and football, I mean, lacrosse and baseball are the same season. So I was playing town baseball and high school lacrosse during the same season, like leave practice and go play my baseball game and all that type of stuff. And it was, it got crazy after a little bit. But I joined the lacrosse team because my gym teacher at the time, Craig Flynn, was the high school coach and he was like I want you to play I want you to play by the time I played he wasn't the coach anymore one of my' like one of the old school lacrosse guys in the town great white Way like a, a typical old old school blue-collar guy from our hometown um, he became the head coach and I kind of fell in love with his coaching style it was very very hard and I was very intense the guy and uh awesome i was still good friends to him with him this day but Once I joined the lacrosse team, it took up all my time and I fell in love with that. So I finished out playing baseball and now it was more lacrosse and football. And then I joined the track team in the winter to keep my speed up and stay in shape. Found out, well, I was, like I said, five foot two, five foot three at the time, trying to run hurdles. And that just, yeah, that just didn't work out. I was always in first place until the first hurdle came and everyone else just strides over it. And I'm trying to jump were it like, I'm, those, like, like I'm jumping you, a fence.
0: Like those poor girls that don't know how to use their body. I just hit their shins. Like,
1: yeah, no, I was getting over them it, them but them. like I was jumping it like two feet. Like I was jumping a fence. Oh, it was, shit. it was so just, your energy was spent. yeah. But then I, I hung out, like all the runners would go for their runs and the sprinters would stay in the basement of the middle school with the indoor track and uh, the field guys were in there, the shot putters, the high jumpers. And I end up just goofing around. A lot of my friends from the football team, the big dudes, were shot putters. And I, we'd end up just goofing around in the basement um, wrestling on the high jump mats. These guys, because I was tiny, would pick me up and choke slam me on the mats and stuff. Like, we'd do WWF matches. So then I, I'm not doing anything with track. So I told the coach, like, I'm not having any fun. Like, running's great, staying in shape, but I'm not competitive. I hate not being competitive. So I'm going to go join the wrestling team. I just wrestle here anyway. So I quit and joined the wrestling team. And like halfway through my junior year I think that was so I had to wrestle JV the whole season because you can't do two varsity sports in the same season so I quit track I had one varsity track meet came in last place and right. that stopped me <laughs> from being on the varsity wrestling team really yeah no, and we no, had a no. tiny team it was 14 weight classes at the time we only had 13 guys on the team so what weight class I would have wrestled at 152 varsity so we wrestled
0: Oh, so this is what year was this? This is my junior okay, year. Okay, because I'm like, damn, I'm Like, do they know I went from 25? Oh,
1: like, yeah. like, Dude. Okay. No. So, yeah, my freshman year, I think I was like 115. So, I joined the wrestling team, and we have our 14 guys on the team, but I could only do JV. Mm-hmm. So, I spent my junior season wrestling their 152 pound varsity guy a lot because just to give him a match and didn't count for anything. It was like an exhibition. Damn, it's
0: match. like being redshirted in high school, right? Kind of. But,
1: yeah, you still going through the practices, yeah. and I still, I would you wrestle, wrestle down, JV <laughs> stuff. But I had a, a, I don't think I lost one of those JV matches. And then the following year, I became the captain of the team, senior, and made it to the state tournament. Like, had just a lot of su- success. I picked things up real quick. And this is in Billerica? Yeah. Uh,
2: it's Where it's just, like, cold It's a- 11 months?
1: No, it's not cold 11 months. I mean, the winters suck, but then the summers are hot. You the know, way he
2: described Billerica,
0: I'm thinking it's, like, the town. yeah just like (laughs) these tough ass white
1: people water (laughs) town yeah yeah i mean very similar a little bit farther away from boston but it's a very similar style town you know it's just blue collar new england people but the whole town was built on that you know everyone's construction workers concrete workers roofers um that was my job summer jobs you know building houses with my dad things like that but throughout that that whole football thing i started playing football and lacrosse and then lacrosse started taking off i was a good football player but a little undersized i was a decent wrestler started really late and then lacrosse just kind of took off. And I take, I don't know if you know anything about lacrosse, uh, but I took face-offs. And when I started as a sophomore, I, I, my stick skills were garbage. Right. I would thrown a ball a handful of times, and I couldn't really catch. I couldn't throw the ball where I wanted to. So the coach was like, we need a face-off guy. Who wants to try? So I kind of <laughs> raised my hand, like, I'll give it a shot. And I beat the other guy that wanted to do it. And he's like, good, you're our face-off guy. Oh, nice. <laughs> so they kind of threw me in, and all my other skills kind of had to catch up because I'm on the field every single play beginning of the play starts with me fighting for the ball so now naturally I have to learn how to pick the ball up I have to learn how to make good passes so I don't turn it over and the rest of my skills kind of caught up but I kind of really took to that that face-off position and by the time I was a senior I think there was only one guy that I played all season that gave me a tough time so I just kind of
0: it's crazy because um with sports like that for example across like as you said before you did it to stay in shape for other sports in the beginning it's it kind of turns into an ego thing because that's how I I wasn't the greatest. I just, hey, you were big. You like to hit perfect. I didn't know how to cradle. I couldn't. I was defense. I had one of those cheap, like, Sports Authority Models, STX3. So if... I think I had the same one. Yeah, for, like, listeners, what, like, lacrosse sticks. People buy really, really, like, fancy lacrosse sticks. They'll spend... Some people spend, like, a grand on a lacrosse stick. Yeah, they're expensive. And they're made of aluminum. They're so light. But if you get... If you slash someone or you hit someone right with it, it'll bend or it'll break. This STX stick was probably, like... 30 bucks for Models. It weighed about seven pounds. You hit someone, you're breaking someone's (laughs) forearm with it. So, and what I'm saying is that I went in like, okay, I'm just doing the stand shape. But as you developed your skills, your ego kind of hits you like, I just don't want to be the face off guy. You kind of want to get better and better and better. It's almost like martial arts in the sense, right? Where you have some people like, when you got into jujitsu, was it, did you just decide to get into it just because? Oh, I wrestled, I want to give this a try, or it was you, you were just looking for a new endeavor.
1: Yeah, a little bit. My uh actually one of my friends, uh, he passed away. Um, he was fighting before me. He mm-hmm. terrible record, wasn't very good, but he just loved to fight. Yeah. From my hometown, just a tough kid, rugged kid. The fr- first time I met him, we had a mutual friend, kid that I used to ride BMX with. Like we all get together and go build jumps in the woods and try to not hurt ourselves. And they're like, Oh, John, this is this is Steve. He's tough as to hell. You guys should fight. <laughs> <laughs> and we're in my friend's backyard and we look at each other. And I was like, What What's in up? blue car? <laughs> what in blue car? Yeah. So we just, we just went at each other. we just wrestling. We didn't hit each other in the face, but we were throwing. Body punch. shots? Yeah, yeah. Body shots was a thing. Did you know how to throw we punches at this, this point? Yeah, I could swing punches. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, well, that's that's all. Not, I asked, <laughs> Hey, did you not
0: throw a punch? Yeah, <laughs> I could swing yeah, punches. We would just
1: swing at each other, throw each other around like rag dolls until we were exhausted. And then we became really best friends after that. And that was like late middle school, before high school we met. But then. After I got out of college, or I was probably my senior year in college, he was one of his fights. He was fighting a good wrestler, and he was like, "Come train, come help me train." And the gym I went to was probably the size of this room when I first went to it. Mm. Um, That's a lot big of, ass
0: size for back in the day, yo. A, <laughs> a lot of good guys,
1: like a handful of good guys. It was just really small. Uh, my first coach was uh, Steve Pento. He had been in a in an accident, and he was in a wheelchair for a long time, so he didn't really have the use of anything below the waist. You know, he had partial mobility. But he would roll with us, and he had uh, you know a couple black belts and a few different martial arts. But he, uh, because he could really only use his arms, he was really good at head and arm chokes. And
0: yeah, that goon strength,
1: yeah. So the first time I go in there, he's like, "All right, we're gonna start in mount and go." And I was kind of like, "What do you mean go?" <laughs> so he puts me on this guy's, his redheaded guy looks like he, you know, he's in there to stay in shape, like he might be in there on his lunch break from the office or something. And he put me on top of him like go. <laughs> so I, like okay, so I. I wrestled a little bit, so I know how to stay on top of somebody. I just start throwing punches, and the round ends. And I was like, this is awesome. Like, I'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> um, so we helped my buddy fight, and then I kind of fell in love with training there. But while we were training, it was like a Thursday night, I think. We got a call for a f- the fights were on Saturday, and the amateur promoter was like, hey, I had a guy fill out. Do you have anyone that wants to fill in for this fight Saturday? And the what year of- was this? This was t- early 2009, February 2009. Yeah. I think the call, yeah, February, early February. So I had been training maybe a month at this place, and I was like, I just raised my hand. I was like, Yeah, I'll do it. It's like this is fun. I'll do it. <laughs> so I took the fight, and he was like, How much do you weigh? I was like, Ah, step on the scale. I was like, One seventy eight. He's like, He weighs one seventy eight. Like that's good. So I had, <laughs> I, was, uh, I didn't cut any weight. He's like, That's what you got to weigh. So I show up. I think the other dude weighed, you know, roughly the same, one seventy seven, one seventy eight. I weigh in. They
0: did the eyeball test like in Thailand. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, oh, <really>? you guys <laughs> are good to go.
1: It was it was nuts. So I fight this guy and. Didn't know too much. Like, it was the first time I did like a full MMA sparring. Not even sparring. Like we didn't spar much. Like little small things. And the guy comes in just throws this. He's got Muay Thai shorts on. So I'm, like, he's going to try to kick the shit out of me. He throws this big haymaker punch. And I just duck under it. Body lock. Suplex him to the ground. A couple punches. Mount him. And I finish him with a head and arm choke. No. And, and how long? You were just yeah.
0: training MMA at the time or a jiu-jitsu? No, or-
1: I, hadn't, I, hadn't put a, I didn't put a gi on until two amateur fights, one pro fight. And then I went to my, my other gym, Boston BJJ. And that's where I started uh,
0: so you've got Training that, jiu-jitsu. you got that, uh, it was more off.
1: wrestling and learning how to throw a couple strikes.
0: You guys are so like, uh, what was it? The, uh, team quest just crying. <laughs> yeah. It was uh it
1: dragon warrior MMA. There's a lot of good fighters that came out of there. Yeah. There's was a good team. Just at the time I went in, they were kind of, it was really small. Yeah. Um, uh, but they were one of like the pioneer teams in new England MMA. There's a lot of old school guys that came out of there and went to different gyms. Some of them stuck around, but a lot of old school, tough guys that came out of there before MMA really got huge and popular. But as soon as that fight was like 45 seconds, I finished him with a head and arm choke. And it's the only thing that my coach sure, taught me. Yeah. You know? So I just, yeah. that's all I was working on. And I finished the head and arm choke, and I was like, go sign me up for the next one. <laughs> so I got two amateur fights and then had my first pro fight. After my first pro fight, that's actually where I met my longtime coach, where I started jiu-jitsu, got my black belt from him and everything, met him at my first pro fight.
0: And for listeners to understand that, so back in the day, right. like the Wild West was – a lot of people are like, now you have fighters, there's, ama- there's amazing amateur circuits across the, the nation. You know, if you could build you could build your record and get your skills up. It was like, okay, dude, it's not like now, like, you know, boxers, where it's like 50 amateur fights and then they go pro. In MMA, it was like, okay, you can fight. All right, you turn pro real fast. So you had two fights and you just went so, straight I, into the Actually, I had
1: one fight, right? So I signed for my second amateur fight. And then before that fight happened, I had my first pro fight booked. So the pro promoter, um, actually the, the oh. promotion that Calvin Cater owns now, Combat Zone, mm-hmm. back then it was owned by Dave George. And he came into the gym and saw me rolling around with one of the guys that he knew, one of the local guys that was a decent fighter. Um, and he was like, I was like, who's that? You know, he's, I was on top of this guy or just ground and pound stuff. And he was like, I want him on my next show. So my coach was like, yeah, we'll put him on that show. Um, and it was before that second amateur fight happened. I lost that second amateur fight to a guy that was like 30 pounds heavier than me. He's actually our menu New Hampshire owner now. Really? Um, Wait, what's his name? Uh, Ray Shoddy. Shout out to Big Ray.
0: <laughs> I think I know uh, someone. Yeah, you know that. what I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah. he came, Did he come during the? Yeah, he's been at the camps. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, so I fought Ray in my second fight, and you know he cut a ton of weight. I don't think I cut weight. I ate breakfast the day of weigh-ins. I might have jogged around the block to lose like a pound to before weigh-ins. And Ray comes in, and they're like carrying him into the scale, like he was just a 200 pound monster that cut down to 170 pounds. I fought at 170 at first, so I just step on the scale, no weight cut. And like we got in a grappling exchange, I picked him up. It took everything I had to lift him, and then he got back up. He picked me up, put me down. I got back up. He jumped on my back, punched me a bunch, and got a rear naked choke. And then I already had my pro fight booked for the month later. Still so at one seventy, yeah, 270? at one seventy. Yeah, it was it was a weird fast experience. Like let's learn very quick. <laughs> wow.
2: So you know all that happened fairly quickly, yeah, right? yeah. Or at at any point, you know, were there any like. Trials and tribulations, like like any uh, hardships that, that that came into play.
0: Um, 170. I feel like that was it was.
1: I fought at 170 for a little bit. Um, before I actually before I met my coach John Fain in New Hampshire, He was a purple belt at the time. Is that the gym you? Uh, yeah, you went to? yeah. Triumph, yeah, Triumph, yeah. So at the time they when I went there, it was Gracie Baja, New Hampshire. They were affiliated with Gracie Baja, um, Boston BJJ was Gracie Baja, Boston. So I went up there, and John was a purple belt. And so my first pro fight, I was on the undercard, and John was cornering my buddy Dennis in the main event. Dennis was the main event for that combat zone fight. And he sees me in the corner. So my whole training camp for that fight, because of the small gym, there was nobody showing up at the time. My training camp was me picking up a heavy bag, running across the gym, slamming on the ground, and punch it. Pick up some dumbbells, do suicides, and move them across the gym.
0: That boss routine workout. Yeah. Just,
1: yeah, it was like, what, what am I going to do? by myself my coach had just had uh another surgery on his back so he couldn't roll with me at the time so I was just throwing a heavy bag around so in the corner I brought one of my best friends from college my buddy Adrian he played lacrosse with me I knew him from high school um and I brought him to the fight to help corner me in the corner I had to teach him kind of how to hold mitts while I was warming up I didn't teach him how to hold the mitts so I could hit them but then I see John and Dennis are there staring at me they're like who are you fighting and I was like I'm fighting Tom They're like, Oh, we wanted that fight a couple times like he's uh his front leg is wide open for leg kicks he's a golden gloves boxer so he's you know you can kick him in the leg it's it's heavy and double leg takedowns would be there so taking that what they taught me and what i did during fight camp ragdoll in a heavy bag that's how the fight went i kicked one leg kick faked the jab and shot a double i slammed him to the ground i threw a bunch of punches he tried to omoplata i didn't know what it was so i just wrapped around his leg i picked him up in the air and slammed myself out of it kept throwing punches and His eye got busted open. The ref stopped the fight. So I won my first fight. He was number nine ranked welterweight in New England at the time. Really, really good fighter. And I won that fight. It ended up getting turned into a no contest because of the cut. Um, There was like some discrepancy. It was a small cut under the eye. There's a lot of back and forth, but a small cut under his eye. It wasn't a bad cut at all. I don't think the fight should have been stopped in the first place.
0: But why would it be a no contest if it was a cut from a strike? Was it? Probably- they think
1: that it that the fight just shouldn't have been stopped. It oh, shouldn't have been stopped. Okay, yeah, It wasn't a bad cut. It was a small cut. Once they cleaned it off, it was a real small cut under his eye. But he was laying on his back, so the blood was pooling in his eyes. Oh, yeah. So it looked like a lot worse than it was. And so when they stood him up, like the eye, the blood was pouring down. The and doctor didn't looked- even come to the check. We the doctor to- came very- in like thumbed it yeah. and it was like, no. yeah, he can't go. But he should but have. Been. Und- he should have, yeah.
0: It's a wild west. So. Yeah,
1: so that got overturned. So my first fight was a TKO win. It got turned to a no contest, and that kind of after that i went up to what is now triumph and I uh, was like john i went up to an open mat there's no one there and he kind of walked me through my fight video and showed me how to technically escape an plata instead of just trying to gorilla my way out of it and i kind of just fell in love with with what was
2: happening up there nice and yeah, you know i i uh like i went there for uh, one day and really enjoyed it uh john actually taught the uh the uh, nogi and i mean extremely detailed and taught the crucifix armbar because of you and uh he, he was just like just so happens you know Ortolani, you know came up with this and and i, and I was just like sweet you know <laughs> like so much I, much i, came love up and I, yeah, I yeah. gotta find out what what move i came up with
0: <laughs> that's his that was his selling point like yeah, yeah Ortolani. like yeah he came up with this like, like he's like because you kept didn't you say you were name dropping oh hell yeah like, man. Man. He's you like know. yeah i know Ortolani. he's like all right, man. So he probably just <laughs> buttered you up. Yeah, yeah, he came up with this move called the crucifix. Yeah. Like Steven Seagal. <laughs> I yeah, told yeah, him that. I was like, that. walk in and just tell him I sent you. You'll yeah. be fine. He, he, he treated <laughs> no. him like Steven Seagal when he's like, yeah, I told Anderson that kick. <laughs> <Like> that. <laughs> so how long were you, because uh, you grew up in New England your whole life, right? So when did you make the transition to Florida? Like how, how many fights after until you decided to? A
1: lot, a lot. I, uh, I moved here in 2015. So it was probably.
0: What was the reason for the move?
1: Uh one of my friends uh Nick Cotter I played pro lacrosse with him on the Boston Blazers. Mm-hmm. Um he got a job coaching at St. Leo, he's the offensive coach and he was in Boston running a camp at Curry College and his birthday's on the 4th of July. So he, I whenever he would come up there I would come help him help out and run the camp, like just work for the week and I took him out to a club on in Boston for his birthday. Mm-hmm. And He's hammered and brought him on stage. Like uh, a lot of my friends were like DJs and club promoters and stuff. So Steph knew the guy that was running this party mm-hmm. at the club. So we got him on stage and he's hammered. He's got Your fiance. Sh- yeah, 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 my fiance, yeah, Stephanie. Fiance, yeah. <laughs> um,
0: she heard her name last time. Like, they said my name. <laughs> yeah, she was so excited. She's like, I got to <laughs> shut up. Yeah. That's cool.
1: That was cool. But she gets him off on stage. He's got his shirt open. He's got his nipples pierced. He's just raging on stage with the DJ. And uh, afterwards, he's all messed up. He's like, hey, man, I need a, we need a defensive coach. You want to come to Tampa and coach lacrosse with me? And he's hammered, so you're probably like, eh, whatever. So, yeah, I whatever. Yeah, I was like, yeah, man, that'd be <laughs> sick. <laughs> that'd be awesome. So like a couple days later, like we're I'm talking about it and stuff, and
0: oh, he remembered. I thought I'd be like, oh, let's go. Oh no, he, he remembered.
1: Point. He remembered for sure. That was in July, and I ended up moving down January 10th, I think, So moved down. So I started in the fall season coaching there, and when I moved down, I found a, a guy in my gym. His brother ran a gym in Clearwater down here, so I got hooked up with running some MMA classes over there. And coaching lacrosse at st leo making enough money and steph got we had some money saved up until we uh until we like got our feet in the, in the door down here but steph found a job at uh trinity hospital so that's what we were doing we we're living in port ritchie i was teaching in clearwater and i was coaching at st leo the driving wow. a lot yeah it was a lot of driving wow. um but that's really that's really when i moved down i started i coached there for two seasons and then a couple months after we moved i found lane's gym um, I
0: remember you telling, um, you thought it was hops. It, uh, yes, it was <laughs> that's a funny story. Complete accident, feet, right? yeah, <laughs> complete accident. Yeah, complete yeah.
1: accident. So my coach, John, back home, he's he's a big dude. He's like 6'4", I think. Um, he's been anywhere from 230 to 270, depending on what, what stage he's going through, if he's competing, if he he went, had some MMA fights uh, where he trimmed down a little bit. Uh, but he's a big dude. But all the jiu-jitsu that he's learned and taught is all little guy jiu-jitsu. He's very big on Marcelo Garcia and Hobson stuff. You know, some of the most technical guys you could possibly learn from. No
0: Kimoras, basically. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he's incredible. So he's a big dude teaching little guy jujitsu. so his technique is is flawless. So I learned a lot of this stuff. And when I come down to Florida, he goes, oh, Hobson Mora has a gym in, in Tampa. That's where he's located. So I'm like, oh, who's Hobson Mora? <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't, like, follow big names in the sport. I was just like, you teach me stuff, I'm going to go do it. I'm going to train. I didn't know a lot of big names other than what I've seen in the UFC on TV. So I get down to Florida. He's like, you know, all that Mounted Crucifix stuff that I teach you. He's like, that's all stuff I learned from Hobson's, like
0: Hobson's oh, stuff that you created, right? <laughs> it might have been like, yeah, some some weird like yeah. uh, variation that I did or something. I it was,
2: so like to explain, it was like a modifier between like in, in a wrestling when you have a uh, chicken wing pin. Yeah. So it's you know, a straight arm bar that you're leaning into and then your left leg uh, hooks around the back of the the head into the armpit. I got you. Right. He, so you're doing like a full Nelson with
1: your leg, right. and straight arm, but yeah, you're I got going and you. you. yeah, roll through. Yeah, I got you. That's uh yeah, that's something from Hobson and uh and old dirty Bob. Bob should taught that the first time he taught class
0: that. Right? Oh, and I was like,
1: shit. Bob, I learned this like five years ago. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, That's not Hobson stuff. That's my stuff. <laughs> <laughs> when,
0: he, when he comes out of the, out of his crest, so like, <laughs> just to show one move. So
1: it's like I Google. uh Hobson Moore Gym in Tampa mm-hmm. and RMNU South came up first but it just it didn't say RMNU South Tampa it's just I think it was recently after Hobson had moved his headquarters from there to where it is now
0: and then oh and then the and Lane took South over. was where it's off of uh, Dale Mabry yeah, right? yeah. that was the original spot yeah that
1: was there was another spot before that I think but that's where they were before Hobson moved to yeah To his current spot So I walk in there With my brown belt And Lane's up the front Right (laughs) So as I'm walking Into the parking lot um, Anthony Koontz Who owned that gym The martial art The Taekwondo gym Mm -hmm. Martial arts advantage Lane was like Subleasing the The mat space from him He's getting into his jeep And leaving Now all I see is Dark skins Black hair And he's driving off So I walk in I meet Lane And I was like Yeah I just moved here Lane Andrews Yeah Lane Andrews uh, the, The wizard behind South Tampa Jiu Jitsu I walk in I meet Lane And he calls me right to the front of the class. There was no other high-ranking people in there at the time. So I walk in, and he starts asking me questions. Like, oh, I'm just looking for a place to train. And I'm talking to him after. He's like, yeah, was that Hobson that just left? Like, all, like, fangirling. Was that Hobson that just left? He kind of chuckles. He's like, no, that wasn't Hobson. (laughs) (laughs) Like, now it's like a joke. Like, Hobson very rarely comes to the South Tampa location now. He's so busy with his gym. So he kind of chuckled, like, no, that's not Hobson. And uh, I found out later on that was just, that was Anthony and uh, mm-hmm. got a great relationship with him he owns the building he runs all the, the kids mm-hmm. taekwondo classes there but that was how i accidentally kind of kind of stumbled into to lane's gym and it was like a blessing in disguise because lane let me train there he actually got me a job teach started teaching nogi i asked lane to coach me for mma so that's what kind of developed his mma program at the time i think he only had jiu-jitsu a couple days a week there wasn't a nogi program there wasn't an mma program there wasn't a striking program so out of necessity i was like lane i want you to teach me like, I got to get this training in this training in this training. And so we kind of started building the schedule so that we could start developing more, uh, more of a well-rounded MMA type facility.
0: And what's crazy about Lane is that everyone, when they see him, they think he's just this jujitsu wizard. But he's been everywhere. You know, he's been, to, he's been to, uh, to Europe. He's been to Japan. He's been cra- He's had fights, correct? Yeah. He's yeah, had, he's, yeah. He's he had, a, had a bunch of fights. He went to yeah. Thailand as well. Yeah. Am I I think he's been to Thailand, right? Yeah, I'm not, sure. All right. I'm not but sure. I just know he's he's trained everything because he's super quiet and everything. Like You just think he does jiu-jitsu, but he could whip some pads. Yeah, though, he's got, got he he a great kicks, Taekwondo yeah. background.
2: Yeah, yeah, he's got some crazy kicks. He was the first person to kick me dead in the <laughs> face. And, Lane? Yeah, Lane. So him and I like like uh, sparring one on night. shoes on the mat? Like, <laughs> 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 huh? Him and I are like sparring one night. And uh, I mean, this is when I'm in the gym, I don't know, five, six months maybe. And uh, MMA night, tw- it was like a Tuesday, mm-hmm. Thursday night, and he's 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 uh coaching and uh putting on gloves and guards, and you know we just love tapping each other, and all of a sudden he gets me with this amazing roundhouse, like th- straight across the right jaw. So disrespectful. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's tricky, man. You, yeah. The way he moves is <laughs> kind of slow, yeah. but then
1: all of a sudden his foot comes out of nowhere, and just slaps you in the face. It's a different <laughs> rhythm
0: too. It's like it's just you're used to someone throws like you know one, two, three. It's yeah. just like one. He's, two three boom it's just like him. out of
2: nowhere yep. and, yeah and it was just one of those things where he's just like you're good and i was just like shaking it off like <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm i'm good
0: anytime someone yeah. smiles after <laughs> getting hit you know that shit hurts yeah. <laughs> it's, it's funny, funny how you like um you came across the gym by accident. so um i was i actually spoke before i even found um hq where i started i i spoke to lane before i i even met him in person so when I was stationed overseas, we uh we found out that we our, our next base was McDill. we're looking for like jujitsu gyms. At this time, I wasn't thinking about um I was thinking about fighting. I was like, cause I uh, um I was boxing over there in uh in Italy at the time, and I was like, all right, they won't, you know, um, three fights fell through. I'm like, okay, I'm just a concert on jujitsu. I'm gonna just get big as hell and just eat and just you know, come more the shit out of people and stuff like that. So uh, my wife and I, because she loved jujitsu at the time as well, we look for a gym and we find Hops and Mora. And I start writing. It says South Tampa Jiu Jitsu, um, the Instagram and I'm like, okay, whatever. I'm, I'm, I guess that's the name, right? So I start writing, and I didn't know that was actually, you know, that's Lane's Instagram. I was like, yeah, this is the raid. I'm asking, but I'm like, hey, sir, how are you? No, I'm, I'm inspired. You know, I wanted to I'm, to, to do jujitsu and possibly fight and stuff. He writes me everything. But then once I get to Florida, I go to HQ and I'm like, hey, I wrote to you. And then, you know, Hopson is like, no, brother, you don't write me. <laughs> and then I find out, I was like, oh, shit, I wrote the wrong one. But, uh, then I started going to HQ and then uh, Tampa Muay Thai. That's how I met John. John secretly has been building a fight team for how long now? Not secret it's been open, but. It's, yeah, it's, just
1: kind of handpicking the guys yeah. that are in our circle. So and I was, like, hey, you should fight. You so want to I was fight?
0: You, want to I, fight? you should fight. I was just thinking, I'm like, I'm not going to fight. I was just doing it. For, and then I know where uh, John's like, hey, uh, you train at HQ? I'm like, yeah, I train at HQ and everything like that. He's uh, why don't you come to South? I'm like, ah, oh, I already have a membership here and stuff like that. So each day, it was like, I think like two or three weeks, hey, you're going to come train? I'm like, nah, I'm good, man. I'm good. And then I have nowhere. I'm just sitting there. Uh, one last time, I asked, what time is it? You, it was I think it was a Tuesday night. You're, it's at 8 p.m., right? Yeah. yeah we have no gear at 7. Come for both. I'm like, do I pay anything? Nah, just come. I tell my wife, I was like, should I go? She's like, you've been wanting to fight for God knows how long. Just go fucking do it. So I show up to this class, and the rest is history. I, I loved HQ. I decided, hey, I want to transfer my membership over here. And that night we sparred. So I was like, all right, I'm going with John. I'm like, okay, you know, it's the first thing. he's not gonna try to beat my ass. I'm like, this man throws a spinning <laughs> wheel kick right to my thigh. Like, what, what and I was like, oh, this motherfucker's for real. <laughs> I didn't know any because I didn't know anything Gio's, about him. a
1: southpaw. So like I just it was slow motion, too. Like, I spun quickly. He's going to think of a back kick coming to the what gut. we with MMA close. so
0: I'm thinking everything's not going to be that hard, right? Because, you know, you don't want to mess with your partner. Wop! I was like, like, oh, shit. like, take a sledgehammer and slowly <laughs> okay. swing at yeah. my
1: heel right in his quad. <laughs> Listen, a thousand pounds Whippa. of feathers is
0: a thousand pounds and a thousand pounds of metal. That shit's so a thousand pounds. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is how we fighting right now. Am I all right? And I just fell in love with the gym. And then I met you and your antisocial ass. Yeah. <laughs> and this... <laughs> rest is history
2: kind of that's it man you yeah know. It's,
1: it's funny though, like when i like there's a lot of people that come in that want to fight you know i want to mm-hmm. fight i want to fight and there's some people that want to fight and aren't like like don't make it known really like just in their head they kind of want to fight so like when you say building a fight team i see we have so many martial artists right mm-hmm. there's a bunch of people at tampa muay thai too that i'm like i you know let's come over train a little jujitsu and let's let's uh you know see if you like mma um but there's some people that you see and i'm like that like he's got some skills you know we can refine this a little bit and i think that's what i saw when i, I like i liked your style the way you move your attitude and i was like i think i think he'd be pretty good and he already trained at hobson's mm. so i'm like you want to fight sometime he's like yeah actually i really do i'm like come train come train come train first thing he said to me suck him right in there. lose weight <laughs> the
0: oh, yeah. first thing, he met me i was 220 he's like uh you'll fight at 170 i was like what <laughs> <laughs> Get the fuck out of here! <laughs>
2: Six months later,
0: and that's the crazy thing is you said like you look at people that you you could see, you could see potential in the sense. And I'm not tooting my own horn. Like I'm I'm just going to by what you said. And um, go ahead talk about yourself. No, I'm not going to talk about yeah. myself. And what I'm saying is that there's certain people that you see the skill set right. You see that um, that they ha- they could have something, but you bring them in and you invite them right. Sometimes people look really good hitting pads right. on the bag but once you have someone throwing something at you it instantly changes i don't i there's many people like when i was overseas like hey come to boxing like yeah i always want to box and then even if it's like light sparring just like tapping and stuff it's okay to get hit but how they reacted after they never came back have you had that instance where you invited people to come or have you had people that have been in the gym you know you don't gotta name names because you know people hear this but (laughs) that They'll go, and they, they're like, yeah, I want to fight. You know, they got all the fresh gear. You know how it is. People have the fresh cleats and stuff like that, and lacrosse or football, but they sit on the bench where they have this facade, but then when it's time, you know, for push and shove, they don't got it. Yeah, like, their heart's um, not there.
1: You know, there's there's people that come and go all the time. I can't think of anyone off the top of my head. Uh, we actually had, had one fighter, and I'm not sure if this is what happened to him, but Lane and I kind of got that feeling a little bit. There were some other things that kind of pulled him away from the gym afterwards, but he did such a great job through his training camp uh, very athletic kid and he had his first fight and he fought a guy I think he fought at 135 or 145 I can't remember uh, but he fought a guy that used to be 300 pounds and just lost a ton of weight but he still had that big guy strength you know what I mean as a smaller guy Mm -hmm. and he basically just like he did great on his feet but when he got taken down this guy's strength just kind of crushed him drained him a little bit and he ended up losing yeah he lost a decision It it was a good fight it wasn't bad but he got crushed on the bottom and kind of beat up a little bit. And after that, like, we come back into the gym to train. I'm like, we're going to fix this. We're going to fix that. And he kind of just faded away after that. And I, it could have been that a you bunch of other things happened. We didn't have the mindset. I don't know if it was the mindset or if the beating that he took, which wasn't like a physical beating. It was probably more mentally and just grueling. It's yeah, yeah, yeah it. I yeah. think I think it got in his head, like, maybe this isn't for me. I did not enjoy that experience, that yeah. type of thing. Um, and there's those people, too. Like, he did a great job in the gym. Even when we spar, he'd do a great mm-hmm. job. But in the gym, you know, it's different than when you get in a cage and someone isn't nice to you anymore. There's no there's no holding back. After you hit him hard, it's like, exactly. hey, you okay? It's, there's and not even, not even getting hit hard, but just yeah. trying to get up. And you don't have the energy. And you're just getting sucked down to the yes. ground, sucked yeah. down to the ground. There's nothing you can do about it. And there's
0: it. nothing wrong with, for example, if people have it on their bucket list to fight, right? Hell yeah. If you want to do it, I don't care. Like, this is an example. Like CM Punk, right? Brandon, he got paid good money for that. but <laughs> If a dude said, yo, fuck it, I just want to go fight, and they do it, and say if they, they, they're 0-2, 0-3, it doesn't matter. They did it, then more yeah. people that... There, there's levels of people. It's uh, fighters, people who train, and then, you know, gym class heroes. You know, people, that, the, the Cheeto fingers and everyone on the internet and stuff like that. If a dude just goes out there and does it, that's... I can't... If they lose, who cares? And that's what you realize with, like, local gyms here. Like, say if you see someone, like, if they if they've lost, like, two or three in a row, like, they're still looked at... Lack of a better word, they look at it as like idols and gods because like they're representing that gym. Yeah, it doesn't matter what they do. Like, wow, you're doing this. You're a good representation of this gym. What you could be. And you know, how many like small gym, like you know, in like in uh in New England, how many fighters have come and gone out of uh, out of the UFC or you know other promotions, but they're still respected for what they did. Yeah, for sure.
2: So, you two have fights on. Your record and all that. Me, I have know, no, no. I have I have smokers. I don't have yeah, bro. Well, I don't. He's glorified yeah, yeah. sparring session. Yeah, yeah, that's basically what yeah, yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Hey, you, 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 one ninety five. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't you weigh two ten? Perfect. <laughs> yeah, <You gotta laughs> there go. Oh, so you know, see, but nah.
2: me, you know, I I overcame injury in the past ten years. I had a broken back, legs and ankles, and that's real world yeah, record. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. But that's I. C- uh, that's explosions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's so you're
0: technically. <laughs> One and oh really, because you defeated that. Right? So,
2: so like I like I like to compare. uh Like I'm a cat with with uh, nine lives, and I've used about seven so far. You know, and <laughs> it's, it's just Rona about to you know. <laughs> hey man, he doesn't have Rona. Knock on wood, knock on wood. Jason's like, wait what? Yeah. Say like, wait what? <laughs> yeah. So it, like my experience with working with with the team, and you know you John and and uh, Gio, Gio. that's my name, Gio in the uh, gym. <laughs> Well, uh, I saw you. It's, it's all good. This is our show. It's all right. You got blown up. <laughs> <laughs> this is our show. So, um, but it's just one of those things where I love the combat, you know, and, and, and you know, I, I don't have the greatest skill, but it's just one of those things where, you know, I love the exchange, you know, that that, that combat is.
0: That gym is something special, too, right. man.
2: You go there, you could lose, like. I don't even have to go to practice I'll just sit and watch everyone oh, is yeah. super
0: from Steph from Lane Lane's a little scary sometimes he'll just stare at you you know but like from John everyone Armando Ashley everyone that goes in jail everyone that teaches there is just super welcoming yeah. I mean, you just it's just a beautiful thing to be, there's nothing better than having a martial arts gym. I mean especially you know like we talked about last podcast about you know dealing with certain issues and yeah. stuff like that The stress you go life, in somewhere yeah. everyone thinks it's gonna be like a boxing gym you've been to boxing gyms and yeah. it's just Pretty and everyone's like you're the new guy they're it's trying a fighter's to fighters yeah they're yeah. trying to jack
2: you up you gotta muscle everything yeah, yeah. no and, and so <laughs> with my personal experience it's it's where like i'm falling in love with the arts you know i'm falling like never in a million years would i thought that muay thai would have been like something that i truly enjoy you know it's it's, it's always been wrestling and, and, and grappling talking with you john yo know, i over the next year or so, like I, I, or previously I had no intentions on competing, competing, getting into any amateur fights or anything like that. But now over the next year or so, like it's a goal of mine, you know? And, and, but I also know where like I lack. So jujitsu, like I'm, I'm still a white belt, you know? And, And it's, and it's one of those things where I need to start focusing time and energy on specific arts. and, with that you know it's it's like okay I I've got my goals and objectives this is where I want to be I want to drop 30 pounds I'm like 195 right now as 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 our team gets stronger you know I, I I definitely am taking a lot from it you know and and the uh competition is definitely there i think over the next couple of years you know South Tampa is gonna you know be on the map and that segueing into that is like, cause he's speaking, you know,
0: cause he wants to be and like, that's awesome. Everything because you have competed or you're, you know, how many pro fights you have now? 24 now. 24, right. Give us uh what a daily grind would be for a fight camp, you know, from your, or a weekly thing for like strength conditioning. So like, cause a lot of people, they say they want to be fighters. They want to do this stuff, but they don't have any notion of what it takes. of. Yeah. Okay, what days you have to spar, when you have to pee, what you have to eat, because I'm not going to say how much, you know, it's no one's business how much you cut or anything like that, but, you know, like, cutting weight is a big thing as well, making sure, you yeah, know. Yeah, that, that's your... a long process, yeah, learning yeah.
1: how to cut weight the right yeah. way. I did it and wrong you... for so long, but... um,
0: Like, what would your week be for a like, training camp?
1: fight camp, my situation, I think, is is somewhat unique because I'm teaching classes at the gym almost every night of the week, you know, Monday through Thursday, mm-hmm. I teach at night, so it's tough to to train and coach at the same time, mm-hmm. right? I can't put energy into me because then it's taken away from from my students. So I get my training in at other times. Go to my strength and conditioning coach in the morning, a couple days a week. Uh, shout out to Dylan Smith. Um, I started working with him for my last fight camp and that was the first fight where I I still felt fresh, somewhat fresh going into the third round. Um, and actually got my first late finish. I finished the guy in the third I round. you
0: saying that where in fights that say if you it wasn't going your way, Say by the second, it was it was just like a mental thing. Yeah, it was, you a, had it was to, a big mental
1: thing. But, I'd get overzealous mm-hmm. and something worked, so I'd do it too much and then get caught, mm-hmm. or I'd get kind of impatient. You know, I was a little bit of lack of, of discipline with that. I'd get impatient and and try something I shouldn't try or try something that is you know flashy instead of just sticking to what's been working. Um, but and being I in get sh- but
0: being in shape though, like with the conditioning, it helped that, my brain. Mentally, yeah, like, help oh, my brain stay better. Better.
1: Yeah, so. so I was able to go through that last fight. And I attributed it to the way Dylan trained me, which was different than what I'm used to. I'm used to, let's push myself as hard as I can go. Growing up being a wrestler, you know, more, more, more. And Dylan Pissing gives me these workouts. Just, yeah. yeah, and I'm done with the workout. And I'm like, usually I'm used to strength and conditioning workouts and I'm dead for, for a while. You know, I, the next day is sore, too, can't train hard. But Dylan would have me finish my workout and I could still go do two martial arts sessions that day. Um, and I think that helped out a lot getting through that stuff. But because I'm teaching at night, the daytime training at our gym, you know, we have our MMA team training, which is, you know, only a couple sessions a week, but I'm getting my jujitsu in at Hobson's at noon class. There's sometimes, you know, eight to 10 black belts at a noon class is crazy. Um, I got a lot of people in the Tampa Bay area. It's a, you know, it's kind of a, uh, martial arts hotbed in the area. So I've found a lot of connections with other gyms that I cross train with, you know, just guys I've competed against in tournaments and then come to open mats. So I've been going to, for a, over a year now i think going to gracie tampa south matt arroyo kind of welcomed me in there and they have a pro nogi training session on tuesdays that i've been going to um and guys come from a handful of different gyms mostly from his affiliation uh, but guys will come in there and we get some of the top grapplers in the area um so that's kind of been where i've been getting hard hard nogi rounds in there uh, but then meeting dato at tampa muay thai kind of really changed my my striking been doing private uh pad work with him seeing
0: the progression from when i saw like your earlier fights and stuff like again how yeah, it's you night stand in the pocket i was like jeez like, night and yeah, day it's constant because and it works too because dato's is you know he's like crunched over kind of style just hard nose but he's smooth with it just the angles yeah and stuff like that, yeah it's, it's just, awesome. just sub- yeah. the subtleties that he's taught yeah. me is, is insane it's not big movements yeah, yeah little, it's you know, little things that i teach i could teach you yeah. guys in jujitsu, mm-hmm. but
1: it's just my brain's not there as far as striking mm-hmm. goes and he actually i took uh Pro boxing fight. And he trained me for that, which really helped my hands and get comfortable staying in the pocket. Mm-hmm. Um, and it directly translated to my MMA fights. Um, so I'm kind of bouncing around. That was your knockout, right? Different gyms. Yeah, body shot. Nago. Yeah, we yeah, just yeah. We just drilled rip into the body for the whole fight camp. Uh, Klein made a nice video of me hitting pads That's funny. I was watching in the warm ups yeah. and then when, in the fight, and it's all identical. When
0: we were training, <laughs> when you like set up the one two, the one one two, and I was like, ah, there, it, there is. it is, there, there is. it is, yeah. there it is, yeah. yeah.
1: And that was all Dato, just the way he would drill things into me. I would do it in a fight. It just happened. I didn't even have to think. I was like, I do this on the pads every day. Mm -hmm. So that's just a big thing that's different is so much cross training. So I spend a lot of my time, a lot of my energy is driving from one gym to another gym to another gym, going back home, taking care of the dogs, going back to another gym. You kind of have
0: it old school in the sense back in the day. If you needed jujitsu, you had to travel here. You needed to go but that kind. And what's cool about it is like – and I think it's – you're basically training all day if you really think about it because – if you're coaching all day, right? If you're teaching the kid's class from, you know, um, the adult class, no gi to gi, is your technique has to be, you're drilling the same things over and over and over because your ground game stays pretty crisp. Even when you know, well, say if Armando's not teaching class and you do the rest of the class, you're always have to sharp. You're sharpening your tools without you even noticing yeah, it. Yeah. You probably do notice. You're like, oh, this is working. Yeah, right, no, man. that's
1: that was a big thing. I started coaching and teaching a long time ago, and I realized at an early age that that helped me really pick apart the technical stuff that I was doing wrong you know I can't coach you to do something if I'm doing you know if I'm doing something different if I do it wrong and I teach you how to do it right naturally I'm going to start doing it right yeah um my first coach from John when I first started training with him I said he was a purple belt but he was running his gym already so that's kind of where I got my coaching style and the and the detail and the technique because he's teaching as a purple belt he got so good at teaching yeah. that his technique as a as a grappler started going through the roof and that that kind of kind of passed on to me
0: that's what I was um on well, our first episode, remember you said uh, when I was working with Mona, yeah. uh, my wife, in regards to uh, her training, I was I had flaws. When we first met, I was trying to do that dare until I was real wide. I was like real cocky with my hands, like you're not gonna fucking hit me. And then I realized if I'm trying to teach my wife something, I have to get more technical. Yeah, so I started adjustment. bringing my hands in, and like if you're teaching, you have to focus. You have to show. You can't. It's like Papa Crab telling Baby Crab, "Hey, walk straight." But if you can't do it yourself, you're not <laughs> right. gonna be able to.
2: So. Yeah, you know, and that's a true statement. And I mean, we're kind of going to cut left a little bit, but, like, you see that with uh, with athletic kids and their parents, you know, and, and, you know, I think you and I had this uh, discussion last week, but, you know, there's a difference from being a father and then a coach, you know, and I am, like, when my kids come into uh, the gym, they're all yours. You know, you are that coach. You know, and, and I hate when parents be like, "Yeah, bro, hey,
0: do that." You
2: know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know, and that's exactly it. You know, and and I relinquish all responsibility of my kids to you. You know, if they act up, that your responsibility. Beat their ass. Yeah, whoop that <laughs> that's ass. That's what it you know? should be, right? Put them on the wall. You know, and and uh, and then after class, then it's on me. But you know what i'm what I'm trying to practice with with my children is is you know technique. Everything that you're teaching me you know, I'm trying to work on myself and, you know, who do I have at home? The kids, you know, so, you know, it's, it's, it's just one of those things where we're doing it together, but I'm not trying to, to uh, replace you as a coach. I feel as if, you know, I'm, I'm in a group on uh, Facebook. I I think this is the conversation I'm talking about, but uh, it's where this guy comes in and he's all like, Oh, Hey, I'm having a real hard time with, my teenager, he's he's a all pro athlete. You know, he's on a travel team, and you know, he's just when he's training, he's on top of his game. The minute that it's game time, he loses all fundamentals. You know, just doesn't perform well, and I'm having a hard time coaching him. And I respond to him was like, "You're not his coach. You're his dad." You know, and and it's and and it's one of those things where like, yeah, we want our kids to do best, but. At the end of the day, you know your role and responsibility at that time is you know in my personal opinion is to be with your kid and and enjoy and embrace that moment of hey like we're working on something together, not to be the coach this is this is where I hand him over to you or I get that private that those private sessions with coach John you know and um so with that said, you know it seems that that you're really taking on a coaching role and, and, you know, what's what's that transition like going from fighter to coach? You
1: know, it's difficult to
2: balance the two at the same time,
1: but there's a lot of things that, at, like I said, it started at a really early age with lacrosse is when I, I started this transition in high school. Middle school kids want to learn from me. You know, the coach is like, oh, go work with Ordo, you know, this is our face-off guy he doesn't know much but he's a good athlete ordo can you fix him even to this day man you're making that that
0: side paper (laughs) with the face (laughs) but i'm trying
1: to uh you know as i'm trying to teach them with the face-off stuff they're like well this is happening so now i got to analyze what this kid's doing i'm 17 years old i got to analyze this and fix it and it forces me to analyze myself and that's what's been happening with the martial arts too it really helped just open my brain to how to coach and then when i met john he kind of refined that a little bit but now like I have a. We start teaching at three years old now at the gym. We got yeah. three year old jiu jitsu kids. Um, I do some privates with, with some of them that aren't, their parents don't think they're ready for the class yet. You know, the, they get too hyped up when there's kids all around. They start running around like madmen. So I do some private lessons. And you can tell the difference with the same kid if, let's say, a nanny brings them, drops them off, and then picks them up afterwards. Or the dad drops them off and picks them up afterwards. Or the dad comes and hangs out. When I'm with the kid, it's great. You know, if he goofs off, listen, we got to focus. You know, we can play games at the end. We got to focus. We got to work on our drills. Um, we got to do our techniques. And then we, we have some fun at the end. But when they're not focusing, if a parent is there, sometimes you see the parent looks at the kid and is like, we'll say, we'll say little Mike's training with me. Mike, you got to listen to Mr. John. Mike, you got to listen to Mr. John. Pay attention. Pay attention. And now, like, I'm just sitting there because now he's reprimanding his kid for not listening. But then the kids, you see the kid shut down yeah. and they, st- they listen to me less. So they look
0: through the glass like, to their console. No, yeah, Not in yeah, the glass, like I have.
1: The parents come in. We have the benches in the room, so they'll come and oh, sit and watch. So they're literally, so sit this there. this far away while I'm trying to coach the kid.
2: My daughter did that shit. Uh, it was like we called last week. Uh, Jeff was was uh, coaching my daughter and Lane's daughter, and my daughter like looks at me like winks at me like what the fuck are you looking at like, you know, <laughs> like and then she gets smashed. You know, <laughs> like what do you prefer um,
0: coaching because they both have their different um, rewards and you know obviously they're. You know, pros and cons, like with kids, you know, obviously sometimes you don't listen, but then, you know, with an adult class, you know, gear, no gear, whatever the class is, they are egos getting in the way. Like, oh, I could do it this way. Or what do you, what do you prefer at this time? Uh,
1: you get the egos with the kids and the adults yeah. equally. You know, it comes off a little bit different, but you get the same, the same personalities. Um, I don't, I don't care. Age three, 63, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if you're passionate and want to learn. I like, I Get excited, you know what I mean? Like when I show you something and you get excited about it, I see you do it to somebody. I was like,
2: yes! Like I
1: get so jacked up. Um, the first year I was an assistant wrestling coach in high school, there was a kid that he wasn't wasn't super talented. He was a tough, rugged kid, but he didn't have too much technique. And I taught him he would get taken down all the time. He had trouble with takedown defense, trying to do too much with his takedown defense. So I taught him we're going to get an overhook and a crossface, and you're going to sprawl. When the guy steps up on this foot. We're going to tear his head off and clothesline him. If he steps on this foot, we're going to hit bump the overhook and put him on his back. And to see in his head, he goes to the head coach and he goes, "Coach John just showed me showed me something. I'm never going to get taken down again." Like the confidence. And I just showed him how simple. How simple you know, is. he's trying to do way too much. And then it happened in a match. And he gets up and he's so excited. Yep. He looks right at me and he's ah, he's yelling and like I get goosebumps now thinking about it. When I show a student a to a do something and it works. Um, just well, I don't know if it was a pin, or I don't remember. Just not but him successfully defending yeah, the yeah, takedown yeah. with something so simple that it, it just it processed in his head like I just need to do this simple technique in the way that it made sense to him. Like that's the type of stuff I sh- I've shown people simple armbar setup. You know, their um, you st- eyes widen. Yeah, and like, oh, you start getting simple simple guard pass. You see pass. that
2: click? Hey, like, yeah. yeah.
1: I'm like, why are you doing this? And they're like, well, I don't know. I'm like, well, then don't do it. You're wasting energy if you're doing anything that has no purpose a waste of energy in something that you need all of your energy because you don't know you're gonna get stuck underneath something and get punched in the face you need all that energy saved up for when it's absolutely necessary if you're wasting energy doing things that aren't effective like there's there's no point in doing it we need like uh connor when he first time he fought nate and he's his big excuse excuse reason whatever you want to call it i wasn't efficient with my energy right? Because he went out to swing it. And that's like a concept that you need all through martial arts. If I don't need to use all this energy, why am I going to use this energy? Because later on, I might need that. I need that. You know what I mean? So I'm teaching people how to make things simple, stupid, super technical, but let's not do any unnecessary movements, whether you're striking, you're wrestling, you're doing jujitsu, nothing unnecessary, and everything is simplified and technical. Um, the only unnecessary, you to call it unnecessary, where it looks unnecessary is when scrambles happen. But those don't get, it's not unnecessary because you look at Armando when he scrambles, there's so much technical stuff that happens in that yeah. tornado That's three you, and yeah.
0: exactly because like even to compare like nascar i don't know anything about nascar but like i've I've spoken to someone that actually understands the sport all those little intricate turns they do why are they moving there why are they getting third place? if you don't from an outsized perspective you don't know what you're looking at but once you're engulfed and you're like oh okay in those little scrambles like you said with armando and wrestling each little chain link helps something else you're not wasting that energy and when you when I ask you about like you know with kids coaching kids or coaching adults at least with adults if they get out of line you can beat their ass you can't beat the kids I'll, yeah. the kids I'll wrestle with the kids
1: I'll <laughs> oh, be like yeah. you think this is gonna work all right let's come do it to me yeah. like let's wrestle <laughs> It it's
0: it's funny to see their brain click I'm like look how easy this is and I just push their leg out of the way I'm like oh of, why didn't I do that funny story with waste of energy so um, I think it was like the second time uh, or third time we uh, actually sparred and when I spar I get I'm like I'm trying to. I, I always go for the head. I switched from being a, a head hunter to now I like the body. But with John's so like, All right, I'm gonna go get John. He's quick, so I'm throwing hard. Woof, 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 trying to get it. And not even two minutes in, I'm like, ah, yes. I'm about to die. And then John just starts beating my ass. And then after the smile, like, hey, you don't gotta throw that. You could, you you know, you could just wait for me. I'm like, thank you for coaching me for me not to get my ass beat as much as I usually do. Yeah, that's, by you. that's one of the great things yeah. about
1: coaching and fighting at yeah. the same time is. Like I'm not just gonna coach you. Yeah. But I'm gonna spar with you, and you can see that what I'm telling you is not nonsense, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I can also find holes better when
0: I spar you than I can if I'm watching you spar yeah. Sean. Yeah. You know what I mean? and it benefits you if that if you're gonna if that person gets better. Yeah, for and sure. It, does it? Um, do you find it hard at times where you you? So when you have a fight coming up, you kind of have to turn. I know it's hard for you because you're very you're a very selfless person where you're always helping, you're always coaching, you're always. Is it hard for you to turn that switch off to okay, it's me time now where I need to focus on me as a fighter?
1: Um, sometimes, sometimes it is. I pick and choose my training partners during fight camp mm-hmm. a lot better so that I can go hard and not have to worry about some like, um, and like, like Sean injured, Lunge, yeah. You know, like at any point if I'm in a fight camp, like me and Sean, Sean Slavhan, just we're, stand we're gonna, up, Lungy. We're yeah. gonna go at it. <laughs> you know, but our grappling exchanges like. There's a little bit of ego there. Both come from wrestling backgrounds. Mm -hmm. Both are black belts in jiu-jitsu now. And when we grapple, man, neither one of us wants to give up an inch. Mm -hmm. So it's like like an all-out fight minus the 100% contact. But we're trying to finish each other. We're going hard every time. And my mindset flips more to experimenting and playful rolling to I'm not giving you an inch. I'm going to smash you. You're going to feel the black belt on top of you. And that's the only thing that switches. I don't play with things. I don't try things that I'm not good at. I stick to my basics, my fundamentals, fundamentals and I just grind you down and, and do what I need to do. And my last two MMA fights were were that. You know, it was fundamental striking. My the last one, I've spent the entire round on my back getting beat up. Um the dude was heavier than me, yeah, much was, stronger. That was round two, right? Yeah, second yeah, round. Yeah. Uh he got a takedown against the cage. Uh you can see it on my face when I get takedowns. he hit like an outside trip and I didn't see the leg coming and I it was like more of a frustrating thing. And I sit to my butt and he gets me on my side and I had to play I couldn't get up. I had to play butterfly guard and half guard the entire time on the bottom, but it was fundamental survival jiu-jitsu. Like if you get jumped on the street, this is exactly what I'm going to do until I can stand up. I wasn't submitting him, but I kept kept trying to get up and kept trying to sweep him, so it forced him to stay honest, and I was avoiding heavy strikes. Come out in the third round, and I get the finish. Um, the fight before that was fundamental jiu-jitsu. you know, take him down, pass the guard, side control, knee on belly mount take his back and choke him with strikes in between but it's very tight fundamental jiu-jitsu just not giving up an inch as opposed to in the gym i'm gonna try some stupid barambolo roll i'm trying to jump on the legs try these arm bar jumps where if i miss it it's no big deal we're back on our knees slap hands and keep going mm-hmm. um but it just turns into no like if it's not if i'm not 100 sure this is gonna work i'm not gonna try it it's just very very tight and fundamental
0: so before we wrap it or anything like that your last fight you won it was knee bar right yeah, you won yeah. by knee bar. Did you pop it? Hell oh, yeah, He hyperextended it, yeah. crack,
1: crack, like three times. Dang, I uh, bro. it was funny though. It's, I won by knee bar, but it was actually Dato, and the striking that that won me Set that fight. Up. Um, between rounds, two things Lane told me after the second round because he didn't want me to get taken down and held down again. He tells me stay, you know, there's that inner octagon inside the cage. Yeah, it yeah. He was like, stay inside that black line. Let's stay away from the fence because he's super strong against the fence. Um, and then Dato says, "Start changing levels with your kicks. You know, kick low, kick body, kick high." So the you first were throwing th- some hard ass yeah, kicks bro. that fight.
0: We heard it through that. Dude, he train. hit
1: me with one man, and Vince in the in the commentary, he goes, "Oh, we're gonna see the power difference now." He hit me so hard with a leg kick. I just kind of smiled. That down. guy
0: like, was big. There, like
2: well, you said, thick. he was. <laughs> like, but you dropped him though. You, you, yeah, you, yeah. You, uh, put I, him I hit him with a right the, hand yeah. in the first. that dropped yeah. him.
1: But then the finish was. Listen to Dato. I kicked. He switched stances, and as soon as he switched, I threw a body kick to the open side. And then I stared at his leg, and I kicked him in the head. And my he came in to clinch, and the knee hit him right in the eye, split him wide open. And that's why he like clinched and was rocked. And then you, and you I re- rolled into the knee bar from there, yeah, because yeah, he was he was rocked from that. Yeah. But it was uh, it was the striking that set set that all up.
0: Well, John, we want to say thank you. Thanks. Do you have anything you want to say? Anything in closing? Anything? Any projects? Anything coming up?
1: Not me personally. We got a couple guys at the gym that have uh, have some fights lined up. Hopefully, with all this virus stuff, the uh, they happen. Me personally, right now, I don't want to t- accept any fights until I can make sure I can get a good a good consistent training camp in, you know, I wouldn't I'd do myself a disservice if I just took a fight, but no other big things coming up. If I can just give my sponsors a shout out real quick. First Klein Wong, we've got to give a big thing to Klein Wong and uh, flow state productions. Cause he does so much for our gym, so much for my fight career lately. Um, if you need any video work, um, reach out to Klein um, and Flow State Productions He's done highlights Honoring
0: <laughs> Thick Club <laughs> Honoring <laughs> Thick Club
1: <laughs> <laughs> Klein's doing a lot of promos And highlights for us but he's he's, a, uh, I'm 140 I'm 140
2: He's, he's quarantined 35 in his underwear <laughs> <bro>. His quarantine <laughs>
1: thickness he's trying, he's trying to bulk up Be a bigger 135 mm-hmm. uh, But Klein's doing great man He's he's undefeated as a kickboxer And an MMA fighter With just a, a couple mm-hmm. fights uh, But he's done so much for us So anybody wants any video work Reach out to him uh, Miracle Detox Active Drop Topical um, zero Yoga I got to give a shout-out to Dylan Smith again, my strength coach, uh, Tampa Muay Thai, and, of course, Lane and South Tampa Jiu-Jitsu and the rest of you guys on the team. I always shout-out No Judges Needed. Um, They're not an official sponsor of mine, but good friends, and I love what they stand for. So a big shout-out to those guys. Give them a check-out.
2: Awesome. Well, thank you. Hey, Gio, John, again, thank you for uh, joining us. I'm Gio. I'm Sean. And
0: this was the The As You Wear Podcast.